Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Do this. Grab your Bibles, if you would, and go to Luke chapter 23. Luke. Luke. I don't know why I ever say I am your father. I always have to do that for some reason. All right, Luke. Chapter 23, and uh, if you're a YouVersion Bible app user, uh, there is a live event that takes place on there that you can follow along. You actually save that, share that with others, and um, if you believe it's true, and, uh, and, and follow along there on the YouVersion app under the live events. But Luke 23, before we jump into this word, I want to take a moment, if we can, and just pray together. Are you okay with that? Yes. Would you join me? Yes. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, that we come before you, Lord, and uh, we can pray and talk to you. And may we never lose the wonder. Yes, God. May we never lose the wonder, God, of how good you are and how gracious your love is towards us, Father. We're just thankful for that today, God. We just thank you for grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, man. Today we're in the second week of a series that we kicked off last week called The Last Seven, The Last Seven. And if you were not here, we, this is a series on the last seven statements that Jesus made before he left this earth, for, before he died in, in our place. And so these are words, and each of these words and each of these statements were made from the cross. And uh, we know this from the story. We know that Jesus hung there on the cross for six hours and uh, before he gave up his life for us and died in our place for our sins. And as he hung upon the cross, it is such a powerful thing. We have to never lose the wonder, never never get away from how good the cross is and, and how true that is. I, I know there are places today where it may not be popular to preach the cross anymore or whatever, but man, I am thankful for the cross. Come on, is anybody thankful for the cross? If it had not been for the cross, I, I wouldn't be here. You would not be here today if Jesus had not given his life for us on the cross. And, and this is the thing about the cross. It's not a fashion like accessory. You know, sometimes, again, if you wear them, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's cool, but, but that's not what it is. It's not like a fashion statement. You know, it's not like one of those things that we just kind of get. It's not like trying to be trendy. I heard a story one time of a lady who went into a jewelry store, and she wanted to get a cross for her necklace. So she goes up to the counter, and she's, she's talking to the jeweler there. She says, yeah, I want to get a cross, and she started telling him, you know, so he's excited. He's going to make a sale, so he goes behind the counter, pulls out all these different crosses and lays them out for her. She's like, that's pretty. That's nice. That's cute. And she said, but do you have any with the little man on it? Yeah, my reaction too. Kind of like, you know, what do I do? Do I laugh at that? Do I like cringe at that? Do I, what do I do? It's just kind of awkward moment. You looked at me weird. It's okay. Because that's weird. That's scary, but. You know, there's some that actually don't understand the cross. They don't understand that little man on the cross was God who came in flesh, and, and, and it was Jesus that gave his life. And so I'm so thankful for the cross. And it was upon that cross in those six hours that Jesus made seven statements. And in those seven statements, we can never get away from how powerful the cross is. John Piper says this. It's in your version uh, app if you're following along. It says that he said that life is wasted if we do not grasp the glory of the cross. Cherish it for the treasure that it is and cleave to it as the highest price of every pleasure. 
and the deepest, deepest comfort in every pain. What was once foolishness to us, a crucified God, must become our wisdom and our power and our only boast in this world. Come on, amen. That is the cross, and I'm so thankful. And we learned last week that the words that Jesus spoke at death bring us life. And I gave you the first one last week. In a quick review, we heard those words that Jesus prayed to his Father. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so we learned a few things that it was as Jesus prayed, the very first thing I told you last week, Jesus prayed for us. And it's amazing that Jesus prayed and he asked the forgiveness for those who had done him wrong. It was his very sacrifice upon that cross that enabled the forgiveness of sin. Come on, so good. And so Jesus did this. He prayed for us and he he still is today. We know that he took place at the right hand of God and he's, he's praying there beside the Father today for us. Jesus also did this. Jesus paved. He didn't just pray, he, Jesus paved. Jesus paved a way for me to have access and to the throne of God, amen, to have boldness to where I can enter in and, and, and have a relationship with the Father through the Son, by the Spirit. I'm so thankful that Jesus paved the way, amen. Third thing is this, and it was beautiful, Jesus paid. Jesus paid our debt. He said forgiveness, as he, declared, as he prayed that and declared that, it brought forgiveness for our sins. And so Jesus prayed, he paved, and he paid. And so the third thing that we, second thing that we see today is this, that Jesus, as he hung between heaven and earth, we see the second words, the second statement that Jesus made from the cross. You should be in Luke 23. I want us to pick up in verse 32, and we'll read again what Jesus said first. Because it leads into what he says second. So verse 32, if you've got it, say amen. amen. Come on, that's good. It says this. It says, there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and uh, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? seeing you're under the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And we see this second statement today. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, last week, we hear the words of Jesus in a prayer speaking to the Father. 
Today we actually hear uh, an actual conversation that Jesus has on the, co- the cross with man. So now we see the upward call last week. We see the, the outward response to what happens because of that upward call. We see now these words being spoken by now three different conversations, three different men upon the cross. We know that Jesus was one upon the cross. We know now there were two criminals upon the cross. There were three crosses. Now, there's an old country song about three wooden crosses, and I was going to sing it, but I, I want you to stay today, so I, I'm not going to sing. But th- there were three crosses, and, and if, if we understand the, the power in, those, in, in the cross and what was going on there and what was happening upon the cross, we had one man there dying in sin. We had one man there dying to sin, and we had one man there dying for sin. Now, we see three different conversations, and we see two uh, things that were spoken by two criminals. Now, uh, here's what we um, kind of are able to kind of gather from these criminals. I, we, we know a little bit about them because, again, what is spoken by them. We don't know their names. Uh, we don't know, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, their history and backstory upon their family lineage or whatever. We, we just know that they were criminals. Uh, we don't know their names, but we know the name of the one who matters. It's the one in the middle, and his name is Jesus. And so we, we also know this. We know they did some very bad things. Uh, the, you actually were here. Uh, one of these uh, guys actually recognized that they deserve what's happening. They deserve where they're at. And, and it's amazing that when we understand, you know, what we deserve, Jesus gives us what we don't deserve. Come on, it's grace. And so it's wild. This guy understands this, and we see here that they deserve this. As a matter of fact, this is like the Roman crucifixion was like the capital punishment of that day. This was the thing that they would do when they wanted to make a public spectacle of them. This wasn't a death behind the scenes. This was a death in public where they would strip them, shame them, nail them to a cross, and place them in front of everyone so everyone could look upon this. And do what they exactly did here. Laugh at them. Mock them. Say these things to them. And in the midst of all this, we also know this about those guys, that they heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them. They heard forgiveness. They heard the words of forgiveness from God in the flesh, from the Son of God hanging upon the cross. They hear these words. And so now we get to pull back today and look at this story and see three different people speak upon the cross. Now, we're going to look at what Jesus said on the cross because it's the most important. But I want us to see what is said before Jesus speaks. Now, I want us to break this down. And since we don't know their names today, their names are going to be criminal number one, criminal number two. That, I know some of y'all think, this pastor's so creative. He's like, this dude's cutting edge, man. He's on it. Yeah, he is. And so criminal number one. Th- this is what we get to look into the life of criminal number one. Let's look at his life. In, in, in Luke 23, you're there. Verse 39, this is what criminal number one says. This is what he speaks from the cross. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ... Save yourself and us. I think it's important that we kind of just don't like skim over what is said on the cross by any of these guys. Because it's so important. We, we get to see from the words from this very first guy, one of the first things that we see that he does here is that he blasphemes Jesus. 
He blasphemes him. If you're not familiar with that word, this is a word like where it's showing like a, a contempt towards or a complete lack of reverence for. And so he has God in the flesh hanging beside him and he blasphemes him. And some of us are looking and saying, man, I can't believe he did that. But he was doing what everybody else was doing. Come on. Let's, just, let's be real. He's doing what everybody else is doing. We, we see that the, the, the guys who put him on the cross, the soldiers were doing this. The guys who had walked by and were there in public and had, had, had there to see the crucifixion, they're all doing it. And listen, how many knows that just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right? Come on, how long have we heard that? How many times, like, if you grew up in church, man, that we see this, that, like, hey, everybody's doing, listen, everybody's jumped in this thing and blaspheming Jesus, and this guy jumps right in the middle of it. Now, listen, if anybody had a reason and, and like, a right to kind of pull back and say, I'm about to take my last breath, maybe, let me just go ahead and just turn to those words, but he gets into this place to where he has lack of reverence for Jesus. He has a lack of a total disregard from him. And then he says the words that had been spoken by these other guys. And it was said in a way not like, God, if you're real, save me. That's not where this is coming from. We know it's a blasphemy. We know it's lack of reverence for. So this is not a cry out to Jesus in like a total heart towards him saying, save me. Look at what he's actually doing. He's saying what everybody else is saying. If you are, then do this. And Jesus had been hearing this for several hours. He had been hearing them say this. And it's amazing as I was just reading this, God brought me back to a place and reminded me of something that this wasn't the first time Jesus heard people question him. We, we understand that if you go all the way back to the book of Luke, chapter 4, you would find where Jesus is doing this. Jesus is, is being baptized, and in that moment of baptism, he is baptized, brought up from the water. Heavens open up. A voice comes out and speaks. It's the Father. He said, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and sets upon Jesus, and Jesus goes into the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. He's praying and fasting because he knows he's about to go into this public ministry. Now, it's wild that, and this is how the enemy does work. He, he, he comes at us when we're weak, and he comes at us in our weakest places. He doesn't come at, if, if there's an area like where you're good in, like Satan ain't going to mess with you there, you know, or maybe get you to the place where thank you good, then he'll slide it in. But, but typically what he does, he hits you where you're weak. He hits you where, where the weakest. And so he understood that Jesus was in this place. And now he comes into Jesus, and it says in Luke 4, verse 3, it says the devil said to him. So so devil comes to Jesus, and he says, and think about this, if you are the son of God. And anytime, anytime the, the enemy gets you to, to say if he's God, Anytime that you come to that place, and let's just be real, we've all been there, and, and we've heard a testimony of the day, doubt will come in, the enemy comes against us. Listen, I want you to understand where the connection is. Anytime you say, think, or get to the place where you say, if you're the son of God, it's connected to the voice of Satan. Every time. That's where it always, this is the root source of this. This is where this goes to. And so now we see it here where he does this. He comes now, he blasphemes Jesus. He comes to him and he says, if you are the Christ, then he does this. He says, save yourself and us. Now this, again, because we know, because from what we're able to understand from Scripture, 
Again, this is not a heart cry out to the Lord of salvation. You know what this is? This is a get me out of my situation. Not I need your salvation. Big difference between the two. It's a big difference in God. If you get me out of this situation or whatever, no, th- th- there's, there's, this, there's this cry here where he's almost, again, making fun of him, laughing at him. And, and I don't even know, again, how he can even come to that place, but blaspheme Jesus. And he looks at the Son of God and says, if you're that, prove it. Now, again, those words are heavy. And it also shows us that in this that that heart of rejection towards God and this place of, of irreverence and this place of blasphemy and the heart condition of this man who is not crying out for God, we don't see a response from Jesus. Now, again, you know, you, you, it, it's, it's not what some people may teach and I've heard things are said, well, you know, Jesus chooses and God chooses who's salvation. So if that guy rejects him, whether he rejects him or not, you know, some guys will save him regardless. Now, this is what we see here. We see this guy, criminal number one, reject Jesus. Jesus has a response. But look at the next guy, man. I'm thankful for this guy. We we get to see something here, uh, and it is the most beautiful picture of the gospel of grace I've ever seen. In Luke 23, we get to see the story continue. Look at what this guy does. In verse 40, he says this, the other guy, criminal number two, he, 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 the other guy, answering, rebuked him. Now, now, y'all don't know, but I don't know if some of y'all know me. Some of y'all don't know me if you're new here. I was brought up in church. Now, I brought up in church now. And we was brought up in church, spirit-filled church, and we just believe, and we still believe. I mean, I was brought up, man, when you rebuke, you know something, you rebuke in the name of Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? Just, it's just, it's all, it's all night by myself. Okay, some of y'all. So I don't know if this guy, his theology wasn't there yet. I don't know if he was like, I rebuke you in the name of the guy between me and you. Y'all pray for me. My mind goes places when I, when I study. But, but he does this. He rebukes him. He, he comes against that mindset. He comes against the mindset, well, just because everybody else is doing it, I'm going to jump in too. He comes against the mindset of just because you're doing it. I'm not. So this, is, this shows us something. This shows us that we can stand against a lie. That this, we don't have to just fall to what everybody else has fallen to. And the times that we have fallen, the things that we have done, we see now we can come against it. So he rebukes this. He says, do you not even fear God? Seeing you're under the same condemnation, we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, this is powerful because if, if you're not careful, you can do what we do some, sometimes. It's just kind of like read right through something. You know, we've done it. You know, if you're on a reading plan, you're like, man, I got to get my time in. You know, I got to get it in. You know, so like just read through that. But th- there's so much in this story. I, I want you to break down for just a second what's happening. First of all, we've said this. This guy rebukes the mindset of the world. He's rebuking the mindset of everybody else around him. 
He's coming against that. Somewhere along the way, that Jesus who was nailed beside him, who spoke those words, Father, forgive them, it did something and penetrated into his heart to the place to where now he's doing this. He's rebuking the mindset of what he once had. Listen, he's on the cross because, listen, he's a sinner. He's a criminal. He's probably done something very bad to be in this situation. It wasn't no silent killing. It was a public spectacle. He was crucified in a Roman crucifixion because he had done great wrong. But something changed his heart. Now, I love this. He rebukes the mindset of the first criminal. The second thing is that we see him do this. He had a fear of God. The other one was just no reverence for him. And this criminal is looking with an awe of God. With a, with a reverence like this, somehow something shifted and changed. When I don't know if he was already on it. I don't know if they went up first. I don't know if he was already in that position and they watched them nail Jesus to the cross. I don't know how all that went on. But I know he came to the place to where now he says this, Don't you fear God? Don't you have a reverence for him? Do you not understand this? And then he does this. It is like this is the gospel message. This is how it works. He goes on. He does this. He recognizes his sin. And listen, that's what God wants us to do. He don't want you to to try to fix your sin and you try to work it out and you try to do it. He wants you to recognize it. That's what he wants. And so this guy does this. I don't, I don't know if like while he's hanging on the cross, he's thinking about maybe the crime that he was guilty of that placed him in that position. But as he hung there, something came to him to where he understood this. We're, we're receiving what we deserve. We're here because we deserve this. And man, I tell you, I'm just thankful for grace. I'm thankful God doesn't give us what we deserve. I'm thankful he didn't give us what he deserved. He shows grace to us. And so this guy recognized. That's what, you know, today, listen, if you're in a place, man, like you're far from God, you know what God wants you to do? Recognize that. Not like, okay, man, that's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to go out of this place, and I'm going to work on this stuff for a while. I'm gonna, then I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back in, and then I'm going to go to Jesus. You know what you're going to do? You're going to go walk out these doors. You're going to work out for a while. You're going to come back. You're going to still be a sinner. Still be in a, in a hole, still be struggling, still be in a place of life. You're still going to be there until you come to a place where you say, listen, I recognize my sin. Then he tells this, it's beautiful. He recognizes not only his sin, he recognizes God's righteousness. He says this, he says, man, he said, we deserve what we're getting. But somehow it made sense to him that the one who didn't deserve it is hanging there for me. The one who didn't deserve it, the one who, who had not sinned, the one who had no failure, this is Jesus, and he's saying this. He's confessing now Jesus' righteousness. He's recognizing his sin. And then he's like, I'm going, man, how does this guy do this? Like, did he go to, like, some, like, discipleship course? Did he take this online? Did he get, like, he learned all these little tech things that he should be saying? Well, sometimes, like, man, you know, i got to get my, my lingo right, man. he got to get up. Now, listen, this is what this guy, this guy's speaking from his heart. This guy's talking to God. He's talking to Jesus, and he's saying this, and he confesses Jesus is righteous. Then he goes on and says this. He calls Jesus Lord. Not if you are Lord. Listen, you're Lord. He's saying this. I want to come up underneath your lordship. 
I want to come up underneath this submission of who you are. And then it's, it's like, I'm like going, man, this guy's not good. He, he would have been a good preacher. If Jesus would let him hang around after the fact. But listen, this is how good God is. He, he, he's hanging there for that, that man, and that guy cries out to him, and this guy takes it the next step, and he says this. He says, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, he gets it. The, everything, somehow along the way, something shifts for him. It, it's not like if you're God, it's when you get there. It's not like if you make it to heaven, you know, if there is something else after this, this world. If I, after I take my last breath, then maybe, no, listen, he comes to this place where he recognizes it was when you get to your kingdom. And he understood something. If this guy was going to a kingdom, he must be a king. And so he recognizes the king of all kings is now hanging beside him. And he says, when you get there, remember me. And it's like, man, just something clicked. Now, I grew up in a church. Again, I told you, I grew up in the church, man. Literally, didn't have no option. You go to church. That's what I grew up in. We just went. And uh, every, every, all the time. I mean, we had like Sunday night services back in the day in my church. And we went to all of them. Everything. Listen, doors open in the house. And, you know, that's how we was there. But our church was, was pretty cool. And we did something every year. I remember growing up. We did this, this Christmas play. And it was called From Christ's Birth to Judgment. And for 20-plus years, this play went on. And, and I remember, man, it was amazing. It took hundreds of people to put this thing on. This is a large church. And, and thousands would actually come to the production, and thousands come to the door. There, thousands had come to Christ. And I, I remember, like, playing, like, many parts in that production. Like, I started as, like, a kid, you know, when this thing started. I was a little, just a little guy when the, when the production started. And I remember growing up, I played just, you know, parts as a child, I grew up a little bit, became a teenager, and I actually played this wild teenager in the, uh, in the play, and, and police arrested me, and I got saved, man. It was cool. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, you know, played a lot of parts. And, and then as I got older, I was about 19 years old, 20 years old, somewhere around there, I played criminal number two. Oh, yeah, I reached a big time, man. I'm talking about, man. I've worked my whole life for this, man. I made it. You know, you're thinking, I made it on the cross, you know. But I, I remember like 19 years old. You, you know, you know, if you're 19, man, listen, you're awesome. But you still got a lot of stuff. Your life's going to change a lot as you get older. Just, I just put it out there. And so, but I remember like 19, like, I mean, I remember like, you know, not always like just thinking, man, you know, glory to his name, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And, but I, I remember like hanging on the cross, like looking out to the congregation, trying to see if my buddies came. You know what I'm talking about. You know, just dude. And I, I remember like times, like see if my friends showed up, you know, seeing what girls, you know how that works. You know how we did this stuff, you know, how that works. You know, so it's okay. We just broke up a little, little time in there, you know. So it's all right. So okay. She broke up with me, just for the record. And um, true story. But, you know, you, you got all these things in your mind. I remember, though, it was like one time something shifted. Something did just shifted. And, again, I, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I know it's His grace. And, again, I was saved 10 years prior to that, 9 years of age. But I remember as I was hanging upon that cross that day, it was different. I was hanging on that cross, and, man, this place was, man, it was full as always. And, 
And man, the lights are on you and they have all this stuff going on. And man, I don't, I don't know, just something clicked. I remember hanging on there and I was to the left of Jesus. And I just remember looking to my right. I remember looking over and I remember seeing the guy hanging there. He actually was my cousin, but it was just like my cousin wasn't hanging there. It was like Jesus was hanging there himself. I, I, I remember it so vivid. I didn't care who else was there. I didn't care who was looking. And I, I remember hearing my buddy Shane on the other cross cry out and basically do exactly what this says, blaspheme God, call him out if you are God, and all those types of words. And I remember those lines. And I remember yelling it out, and we had to project it, you know, is what they told us to do, you know. And so I projected it out, and I was, I was, I was yelling this out, and I was like, man, do you don't understand what you're doing? Do you not realize this is the Son of God? And, and I, was, I remember, like, Father, you know, I was like, man, Jesus, remember me? You come into your kingdom, and I don't know, it's just, again, certain moments in your heart and life. And I, if you don't know Christ, I hope this is that moment. I hope this is it for you. But I remember that day that so I hung there, and it just clicked. And Jesus turns and looked at me. And this is what he said. We hear the third person speak that day. It's the words of Christ. And in Luke 23, 43, Jesus said to him, Surely, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. As I'm like, man, this is it. And I'm like, so many things just stand out in those few words of Jesus. I mean, you know, this is red letter, man. This is God speaking through the Son. This is it. He's saying these words. And I remember it's like, man, just so many things resonated in my heart. But I want to just today just kind of get in your heart for just a second what he says here. He says today. There is no more more beautiful picture of grace, I don't believe, anywhere in Scripture than what we see here because this guy hanging on this cross beside Jesus was going to die with him. And he tells him, today, you're going to be with me. Now, again, this goes against our mindset because like, we're like, you know what? If this guy, if they get him off the cross, maybe they can work him and save him and bring him back for a little bit. He can go take the discipleship course. You know, get him baptized. You know, let him like start tithing and let him start giving and, and let him do this. Let him go make everything right that he had wronged. Let him go do all this stuff. And then he deserves it. There's no grace in that. Because this is the gospel that Jesus looks to him and he says this today. You will be me paradise. Now, I fully believe this. And there's Bibles full of this. And, and we could sit down and talk about it and show you that throughout. That if you're planning on hanging around after you meet Jesus, all that stuff I talked about, go for it. Do it. I mean, it's good. That's everything. That's the stuff we should do. But it is not those things that gets us to Christ. It is us coming to this place where we understand and we turn and look to him and do what this guy says. He cries out to God. He cries out to Jesus. And Jesus says this today. And he says that he goes on to say this. He said, you will be with me in paradise. 
Now, there's been great debate about that word. And, and, you know, again, how where that is, that the third heaven called up, you know, in which they were in. And in 1 Corinthians 12, where you see Paul, is that what he's speaking of? Is it the bosom of Abraham? Is it that? What? Listen, and I think we miss it sometimes when we start looking at what paradise is. We totally miss the big picture in the story because this is, Jesus lets us know what paradise is. He says this. He says, today you will be with me. You know what paradise is? With Jesus. And I think sometimes we're like, man, if I can get to paradise, then I'm going to be with Jesus. And if we would do this, if we say, man, if I can get to Jesus, I'm going to be in paradise. I'm going to have everything I need. It's wrapped up in him. It's in Christ. It's in who he is. And he says this. He says, you will be with me in that place. Now I want to, as we get ready to close this out, I want, to, I want you just to look at the contrast now that is so distinct between these two criminals. Some things we can't just miss in the store. The contrast here of the criminals as the worship team comes. You know, uh, I want us to see this. Listen, they both had a choice. All right? Do you see this? Both of these guys hanging between, right here, Jesus hanging between them. They both had an opportunity but the, the contrast here is so clear. You see this in the story. You see Jesus there. You see one reject him. One receive him. You see one in pride and one in humility. It's, and listen, oh man, we have to understand this. Again, to where we come to this place and, and don't let the pride, well, I'm good, I can make it, I can do this, listen, I can do this on my own, listen, you can't. I think this guy, and we're like, man, he's on the cross hanging beside Jesus and it finally clicked. Listen, sometimes, man, we get in situations, and maybe that's what it takes, but whatever it takes, listen, God, get us to the place where we say this, God, I need you. And we see one say this, one says, if... One says, if you are. And the other says, you are who you say you are. Oh, man. One is just so coming before God, and he's, 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 a, he's a heart is stirring. Things are changing. And one's praying this, get me out of my situation. And one's saying this, get me in your presence. This is the good news, man. When you get in his presence, man, you're out of that situation. Or even if you're in the midst of it, this guy's on the cross, man. He forgets about the cross. He forgets about where he's at. And he recognizes and realizes that Jesus is with him. And he understands this. And everything shifts and everything changes that day. And one says, if, and the other says, when. And that is the essence of the Christian walk with God. It's not if, but when. It's not if I get to heaven one of these days. It's when I get to heaven, man. It's not like, listen, if something's going on and you're sick and you're battling or something's happening in your life, it's not like if I get healed, when I get healed. I can't. I'm listening. As a Christian, I go to heaven. I'm in paradise. I'm with Jesus. There's none of those things that go with me. And it is not a life of if. It's a life of when. And place in your life, it will shift and change for you. And God's wanting to take some of you today from if to when.
He's wanting to take some of you from maybe, maybe he's who he said he is to you are the God. You are the son of the living God. You are Lord. That's where he wants to take you to today. That's his desire for you. And what breaks my heart the most about this story. And it breaks my heart as a pastor when I see this happen. Still today is that you, you just see someone in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus is right there with him. And you actually see this, a conversation take place. But I have to come to the conclusion, again, we're we don't judge one someone's salvation or not. But I think the story shows us. He speaks to the one criminal. He says, Jesus, I need you. There is no response for the other. It leads me to believe the truth of what we see throughout Scripture, that he lives a life away from God throughout all eternity. And it all could have changed. It all could have went from if to when. When we say this, I recognize your righteousness and then my sin. And I need you. Would you stand, please? Oh, Father, thank you for these seven statements, God. Thank you for, thank you, Father. We allowed it for Jesus to speak upon that cross so that today, Father, He can speak to us right now. Father, I thank you that words that were spoken 2,000 years ago are still relevant right now, in this moment, right now in this place. And Father, let her response be what criminal number two did, Father. Just recognize our need for you. Recognize that you're who you say you are. As your heads are bowed, eyes are closed right now. Listen, I don't know, I felt this so heavy this service. Or so the second service, listen. They were singing about that grace of God. They were singing about that prodigal who was on that road. And that father ran to place a robe and a ring on him and embraced him. Listen, God wants to bring some of you back to him today. There were moments when you were like, man, when, man? It's when. I'm ready, man. It's when. I'm living for God. But listen, doubt came in. And it got you to question, and it took you from a place of when to if. It's got some of you in a place where you're right now, man. You're, you're just, going, just out there struggling. You're wondering, man, well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Listen, God wants to shift all that today. And it's grace that does it. <laughs> There's some right now that listen, the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Maybe you've never been from a place that God took you from if to when. That he, you've never taken that transition. You've never received the grace of God. Listen, today is that day. Hear it. Today is that day. Same way Jesus said, today, this day. Not like, man, I need to go work on some stuff. I need to go apologize. I need to go, listen, listen. Listen, listen, you can go do all that stuff. 
unless you go to Jesus, unless you go to Him, nothing changes. Hands about eyes are closed. Listen, Holy Spirit's spoken to your heart right now. And you know, listen, He's calling you back to Him. He's calling you to Him. Maybe for the even first time. Just right where you're standing right now. You just want the grace of God offered. It was offered through Christ at the cross. Come into your heart and life. Right there where you're standing. Just right there where you're at. I just want you to do this. I want you to just lift up your hand to, to the Father. Just lift it up. Yeah. Pastor, why do y'all do this kind of stuff, man? Why do you do these types of things? Because listen, there will be a response to Jesus. There is a response. There will be. We, we all make it. It's not like, yes, no, and maybe. No, there's yes and no. Yes, I come to him. No, I reject him. They're showing us in the story there's not another. It wasn't four men up there. So listen, like you said, Pastor, why do you, why you put me on, you put me on the spot? Now listen, listen. Jesus called that cross for you. Jesus gave his life for you. He died in your place for your sins. And I would hate to see what happened to criminal number one happened to you. For Jesus to be here, you have an opportunity to turn to him. Reject it. So if that's you, just right where you're at, just say, Father, I come to you. I recognize I need you. I want to change from the mindset of this world. Rebuke that mindset as we see here. I want to confess you as Lord. I want to say your righteousness, and I'm a sinner, and I need your righteousness. I need you. I turn to you today, God. I turn to you now. <laughs> you said that. You prayed that. That wasn't like if you're this or that, but it's like, God, I believe that you are who you say you are. Listen, what are we going to get to do one day? Hang out in paradise forever. In heaven with Jesus and his presence forever. Thank you, Father. As worship team sings this last song, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do this. If you've prayed that prayer, listen, I want you to be one of the first ones out of your seat and step out and come. We just love to just celebrate what God's doing in your life and just and just give just pray over you and just thank God and just celebrate what 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 He's getting ready to do in and through you even after that day. Because listen, He left you here for a reason. Because there's a work to be done through you. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.